What's going on, Chit Chatters? Welcome back to another episode of Coaching for Millennials. And today's show, in no particular order, I want to talk about a couple of things that are going on in the world that I'm hoping you're either paying attention to or that you're thinking about or you're already in the moment of it all and you're trying to figure it out as we move along. So let's dive right into this. Are you struggling to find your purpose in life? Do you feel like something is missing and you need some guidance? Do you often feel unfulfilled with what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Well, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to feel that way anymore. I'm here to help you through your journey in life to gain clarity, find purpose, and passion. My name is Jose Miguel Longo. I'm a gay Hispanic, a husband, dog daddy, advocate for social justice, and DEI. Ally for all LGBTQ+, a career and life coach and millennial born in 1983. I have spent my time since the age of 14 working my way around the world of work. I know my God-given talents are to help those around me to gain clarity in their lives while finding their passion and purpose. For the last decade, I've spent my time coaching college students and alums from all three generations, X, Y, and Z, and designing their career stories and mapping what they want to do in their lives. Whether it's gaining clarity in who you are and what you're meant to do, learning to build a resume or write a cover letter, holding you accountable and building your career journey, or designing your life, the podcast Coaching for Millennials is a how-to guide for all things career, life, and a sprinkle of everything in between. It is an all-inclusive space for meaningful conversations on topics happening in our world right now. It is a space for people to go on a holistic journey in uncovering their passion and purpose. I'm here for all generations, no matter what you identify as. If you're seeking to transition from a career industry or job to another, or ready to transform your life completely, I got you, boo. Whatever the fantasy you're trying to create, let me make it happen. If you're ready to start the journey to explore your passion and purpose, get focused on gaining clarity to transform you to a place that will fuel you, inspire you, and sprinkle some joy and laughter in between, it's time to dive into Coaching for Millennials. What's up, chit-chatters? So in the intro, I had mentioned having a conversation about a couple of things that are happening in our world currently that, you know, continue to evolve and continue to come to the attention in the media. And I think it's full circle in some way that the world as we know it is going through a lot of dramatic changes. And reflecting on how we've gotten to this place, I think is important so that we can understand how to make informed decisions to really move forward. So before I jump into that, I want to reflect a little bit on the fact that yesterday was National Coming Out Day. Um, It was also Indigenous People Day. And we're also in the month of Hispanic Heritage Month. So all three of these um, events slash moments slash remembrance, all of those things (laughs) are really important to me as in a person you know i identify as a gay hispanic male and at the same time my ancestor ancestors are indigenous people um mostly my family who is um from the caribbean from the Dominican republic and so you know all of us in the united states often would celebrate columbus day and columbus day was always looked at as the day in which we're admiring and having a day of remembrance and 
um, a day of information sharing about this person who was Christopher Columbus, who allegedly discovered the Americas. The truth is, and this is in one of the books, Lies My Teacher Told Me, which was one of my favorite books when I was becoming a teacher. The truth is, is that Columbus didn't necessarily discover America. And I. this is also a fact because I also studied it when I lived in the Dominican Republic. He actually landed in the Dominican Republic in... F- 14 something, like 14th century, whatever it was. Um, you know, I don't want to say it was like 1492, Columbus Hill, Ocean Blue, that thing they taught you in elementary school. But he he landed in the Dominican Republic, which is in the Caribbean, and his brother um, landed in Puerto Rico. So, you know, he didn't necessarily land on the continent that is the Americas. So that's, a, that's like an unknown fact. The other thing is, is that if we look at historically why we celebrate indigenous people, we're celebrating the natives of the land who we call Native Americans. Um, and we're also celebrating those who are brought to this country um, as slaves. So people from the continent of Africa. And so they, they have all different identities and how they identify. So I don't want to name them all. Let's just say people from the continent of Africa. And the reason... W- I particularly am more of saying, you know, when people ask me what is today and I say it's Indigenous People Day is because I had family members who I can't trace them back. But I know that when I look at my ancestry on my grandmother's side from my mother, we had African descent. And when I look at, you know, our our lineage, it wasn't because they came to Dominican Republic. It was because they were brought to the Dominican Republic. And there's also um, indigenous folks who were also um, living in the Dominican Republic, which we call Tainos. So I don't want to go into a whole history lesson here. The point I'm trying to get to is that I truly believe in my hearts of hearts that it's reflective to understand what history is. And I think as a society, we're becoming more aware and more open-minded to how history has impacted us and the changes that need to be made in our education to really educate our adolescents and our youth from the perspective of understanding what took place. I know it might be harsh to teach a child that Christopher Columbus was, I don't want to make this assumption, but he was a slave owner and he took people captive against their will and all the things that went with that during that time period However, it's the truth of the reality when we chase it back. How can we teach that to young adolescents? Do we continue to lie and tell them that Christopher Columbus was this great man that discovered the Americas? I don't know. Tell me what you think. How do you feel about it? Um, Is this a topic worth exploring more? I really want to hear what your thoughts are. Because I can get into the whole history of it, and I'm proud to do it, but I'll save that for a different conversation. So let me know in the comments. um, Slide into my DMs. Send me a note on LinkedIn, wherever you want to pop up. Let me know what you think. I'm really interested in hearing your thoughts on the whole thing. Because when you look at the calendar in the U.S., it shows... Christopher Columbus Day, and then also shows Indigenous People Day. So I'm here for the Indigenous people, but I'm open to understanding people's perspectives as why they feel the way they are and their point of views. I'm here for that too. 
Um, so the other thing was, because obviously October 11th seems to be a really full day for celebrations, um, National Coming Out Day. And I, I made a post on my Instagram really, really late yesterday um, because I had a hard time sharing what it was that I really wanted to say in regards to National Coming Out Day. And my coming out experience hurts. Um, it was almost forced. It wasn't really a space and in, in time where I wanted to. Um, if you go back and listen to the episodes when I did the Pride series back in June, I share a little bit about my coming out story. But it was it was forced because my father asked me the question if I was seeing somebody and he asked me if I was gay. And I said, no, I'm bi. And I was in my very early 20s at the time, you know, trying to explore my identity, figure out who I was. I never felt comfortable in my teenage years saying that I was anything because I didn't know that I was anything. Um, although I had sexual encounters and experiences with both men and women, I felt like I was fluid. And back then that word didn't exist in our sexuality and our gender. Um, but that truly is how I felt if I had to really identify with it. And I felt like I had to pick a side. And to me, I felt safer um, physically and mentally and emotionally saying that I was bi when deep down inside, I probably knew that I was gay. Um, but what 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 made it really hard, in addition to just being outed by my dad a little bit, was my mom, who reacted like the complete opposite of my dad, which is really interesting because I thought for sure my dad was going to give me an ass whooping. I thought that was the end of my life if I told this man. You have to remember... When you're a Hispanic and you're Latino, especially in Dominican culture, I know this applies to a lot of a lot of other cultures as well in the Hispanic community, but Dominican people are strong-minded individuals and they have very, very strict mindsets and hard beliefs. And my dad, which him and I have always had this love-hate relationship when we were kids I hated him more than I loved him and then I grew to love him as an adult um he embraced it he goes you can't pick you can't be both you have to pick one and I like wanted to die and just his response because I for sure thought that'd be the end of my life that was like the last day I was ever going to see the light of day um and it turned out to be the opposite experience now my mother and this is where the the hatred of having a parent who doesn't understand, but the parent who you thought would understand comes into play. My mom told me that she needed me to get out of the house immediately as soon as I could, and that for the term, the t- duration of time that I was there, that I were to clean the bathroom with bleach, and that I were to never bring anybody to the house, and she was trying to instill a curfew. Mind you, I'm a grown-ass man. I'm, like, in my 20s. And... The, re- the the other thing with, that was really interesting about the conversation was that, you know, my mom had been this person who, when I was growing up, always talked about her gay friends and how many gay friends she had and how great and amazing they were. And so I never thought that if I were to come out, and when I did come out, that, that it would be an issue or that it would be a problem for her. And it really broke my heart. And it was, I mean, obviously I felt scared um, and now that I think about it, it was just horrible. It, the whole thing was horrible. I mean, between the yelling and screaming and just the things that she said, 
just really burned a hole in my heart because at that time I was the person who was not the sole provider for my family, but I was the person who was just trying to kept them kept them going by. And I made a lot of life-changing decisions in that moment to relocate to upstate New York, to be closer to them, to try and mend a relationship, a relationship that for almost 10 years had been like really, really tumultuous. And it was just hard. The whole thing was hard. Needless to say, it made me a stronger person. And I think that sometimes as human beings, as people, we have to embrace the things that are so hard for us to experience that almost seem like we're never going to get over them and like we're going to always feel, (coughs) excuse me, my allergies are driving me crazy today. Like we're never going to get over them and they're always going to, you know, kind of be over our heads and they're always going to be a point of like trauma for us, which it is a traumatic experience. I'm not denying it. But when I think back, you know, and I look at almost shit <laughs> over, over almost 20 years later um i i think that having had that experience has helped me help other people in their story you know whether it's coming out or whether it's admitting to themselves who they are or whether it's being able to find someone they can trust in and feel confident and being able to share their story that to me made that experience so worth having. And I know that sounds really fucked up. No one should have to go through that type of abuse or trauma um, and having impacted years later. I think for me, having had such a really abusive childhood has allowed me to become a, a stronger person in more ways than one to be empathetic to individuals who have had those experiences and to be a mentor in a, in a, in a voice and, and someone who can listen to those people who are going through that. I I wanted my National Coming Out Day post to be more inclusive to tell people that it's okay if they're lonely and if they're sad and that there's someone here for them. No one should have to feel scared about being who they are. No one should have to feel threatened to share their identity or disclose how they feel one day versus another. I want to be a person who's here for all people, no matter how you identify in your gender or sexuality. And that's essentially what I really wanted to say. I don't know that it came out that way. And I'm not going to apologize because I didn't say anything wrong. I just wanted to reflect a little bit more on what it really signified for me and the struggle that I had with sharing that story because sometimes we find ourselves in situations where it's easier to write something down and express how we feel and how we're seeing the world through that lens in writing versus speaking it. And sometimes we can just come on our phones and share a video and speak everything we want. What's really interesting for me personally is that I used to be a person who embraced being in front of a camera and all those things. And I am pretty comfortable still, but I still struggle with that. And I don't know what happened somehow along the way, because I sure for sure thought that I would be able to do all the things, <laughs> meaning like share 
testimonials and be on video and do the all the TikTok things. And I try and do the reels and I try, but it doesn't come easy for me. And this podcast, sometimes talking and writing things down as as a form of therapy, as a form of creativeness, as a form of creating a space for people, for all of you out there who rather be behind a microphone or want to share information in writing, I'm here for you. I'm all about reading people's information. And if you have something to share and would love for me to listen, look, I offer 30-minute discovery calls, which are free for people, just to talk and give people the space to share what they're going through and see if I can help them in any which way. Let me know, and I'm happy to send you the link. It's included in my link tree. Um on my Instagram page. It's also included on the link tree on my Facebook page. So I, I'm I'm still here for people and everyone who are in this space. Hispanic Heritage Month. Wow. So I mean so many things happening, right? This month has been jam-packed. Um it's also been a month of like reflecting for me. I'm always constantly reflecting so that I can shift my mindset and creating an affirmation towards things. So Hispanic Heritage Month for me is kind of always up and down. I embrace my identity as a Dominican American, as a Latino, and as a Hispanic. Um, And I'm here for celebrating people who identify in those communities. Um, But I, I want to... And you'll probably hear this person very soon in the podcast. I want to be able to bring conversations around Hispanic culture and Latin culture, as well as um, Black culture and African-American culture. I feel like a lot of people have so many stories to tell about their identity when it comes to their ethnicity and race. And we oftentimes don't get to share those. And I, when I created this podcast, it was always surrounding the inclusivity of conversations with people. So if you're someone who wants to be featured in the podcast and you identify in one of these particular um, areas, Black, Latino, Hispanic, however you want to identify it, because I don't want to... Um, marginalized people. I always say Hispanic because for me, um, that's how I grew up saying it. And the term Latino came later, but also the term Latino has a direct linkage to Mexican Americans who, you know, by way of the great migration of people who came to this country in the early 90s, mid 90s, that were from Central America, particularly Mexico. Um, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Honduras, that the term coined Latino became part of that. Hispanic had always been in existence way before. And so I think there's a great conversation to be had to talk the distinction between those two identities and those two two specific um, race markers because I have an issue with putting people in a box. I... I'm not white, but when it comes to identifying my race, I only get black, white, and sometimes I get other. So I always check other. And people will look at me and think that I'm white, but I'm not. I'm Hispanic. And I clearly don't. I mean, I have in my ancestry black African descent, but I don't have that now. It's kind of changed, right? So 
I'm interested in hearing from folks who listen to the podcast if you identify as a member of the Latinx or Hispanic community or the African or African-American community. What are your thoughts on the box? The box that we always constantly have to check because society tells us that we need to check it. Um, Let me know so many questions that I'm asking here for all you all to kind of connect with and follow up with, but I think it's important because I've been thinking about these things and I've been wanting to share them with you. Moving on to what I've been reading and seeing. So if y'all remember, probably, probably a good month ago, I had made a podcast episode on the Great Resignation. And then I did this post that kind of turned into a blog post um, in regards to it. And now there's chatter in relationship to, yes, there's this great resignation that continues to evolve. There's a lot of concerns on the labor front. There's a lot of concerns from this, you know, labor shortage um, in all areas of the workforce. And I want to clear some misconceptions. Again, potentially a point of view, but I want to state facts because I myself am experiencing this in my current job. And so it's not by accident that I think a lot of people, or by design, I should say as well, that a lot of people are like, no, I'm not going to work because it does not align with my values. No, I'm not going to work because you're not paying me inclusively as my peers or as the people who work there. And no, I'm not going to work because it's not a good work-life balance. This is a really interesting topic of conversation, one that I would love to evolve on and have someone on the show guest host with me to talk about it. I'm going to share just a little bit about it because I think this is going to really change as how the workforce is shaping out to be and what we continue to see in the fourth quarter of 2021 when it comes to the job numbers. What I read recently... And I think this was in an MSNBC article or something like that. A lot of people are saying, oh, we are we have this labor shortage, right? And so we know that people in the industries of um, healthcare, um, hospitality, food, uh, restaurants, um, travel, like all these. And, there, and obviously there's other industries that this is being impacting. Like one thing that I keep hearing on the news here locally in Syracuse is like, how the the shortage in bus drivers is impacting school districts to having to now change their school schedule and when school starts and ends. That's crazy, right? Crazy to think that it's kind of trickling that far down. I know it's happening in restaurants because restaurants are still not open at 100%. I know it's, it's happening in um, hospitality when it comes to hotel and travel because there's an there's a shortage. Here's what the pandemic did. Before COVID, these problems existed. They were not in light or presented in the manner that they are today because the numbers weren't as astronomical as they are. I think the pandemic, which by the way we're still living through, accelerated the situation making it a lot more visual and central to people's mindset. And people, workers, 
are standing up for themselves and saying, I'm demanding equal pay and equity. I'm demanding a better work-life balance and hours to be able to live my life that doesn't consume me by my job. I'm demanding better benefits for me and my family. And I think, you know, all three of those things are impacting all, like, globally, globally, like, to the point where, like, we can't get certain things in the United States that we depend on other countries to create and develop for us because they're having a shortage as well. Like, insane, right? So here's what I would give as advice to a worker or an employee or someone who is thinking about leaving their job. It's your own personal choice to decide when you leave your job But I would highly encourage you not to leave a job until you have another job, especially if you can't afford to leave and not have the funds to support yourself until you get your next job. Reason is, is that you want to be really strategic in your job search to make the best decision possible to impact you and your family and your lifestyle and what you make your next move on. It it. I get that some people are just miserable in their work and they can't do it anymore, but I would never encourage someone to just give a notice and be done without having something lined up. If you have a plan in place, awesome. Be sure to stick consistently to what your plan is and making sure that it's aligning with what you want to do and where you want to go. But if you've got a plan and you haven't really talked this through and you're kind of just leading in with your emotions because you're just that heartstrung on the fact that like you need to go and this place doesn't really serve up to what you're wanting to live, I encourage you to take a step back, collect your emotions and put them in a box for a hot second and really strategize as to what your next move should be. Because the reality is, is that employers and businesses and companies, organizations are going to have to shift and start changing how they pay and what they pay and how they offer their benefits to be more inclusive to the demand of the workforce. And we're seeing this happening time and time again. I'm leaving higher education for several reasons, but the ones that I'm willing to share at this point in time is that I've made the decision based on after interviewing at multiple higher education institutions and realizing that my value and my time and my education and my years of experience is worth so much more than a salary that's not aligned with what a job is and how much I would have to give of myself personally and professionally to develop a program and grow a program, it takes a lot of work. And some of these jobs don't want to pay people what they're worth. I made the decision after interviewing and after interviewing and after interviewing and turning down multiple jobs that just were not fitting where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do and want to be. There were great opportunities, don't get me wrong, but for where I am in my career having been in this industry of higher education for almost 15 years, I believe and I trust myself and I trust who I am and I own my value and my worth that I deserve a certain level based on what I bring to the table. This is what people need to start looking at doing as they're making their decisions to transition to go into different work or different industries. 
um, later this week, I'm going to have a, I, well, I'm not going to have, you're going to hear a conversation with my good friend, um, Crystal Hicks, and we're talking about career changers and career transitioners. And we, we share really good, valid points as to what to do and how to prepare you for this journey. But, you know, going back to the, the center of the conversation regarding making a change, I do not, I highly encourage you to make a plan of how you want to transition. Do not leave your job without having something lined up. Just saying, my, my opinion as, as a career expert and as a career strategist um, and as a life coach, <laughs> I think that's a valid thing to consider. But here's the thing, though, that I would also say. I'm offering everything on the table. I'm willing to give someone 30 minutes of my time to help them clarify these things and see if it's worth for you and I to work together. And not worth, I shouldn't say that. I want to rephrase that. I apologize. See if we can work together and if we would be a good fit to work together. Um, Because I think a lot of people right now who are needing this type of coaching when it comes to career changing, life changing, and life coaching, all of things kind of kind of connected together, it's a huge impact and it's a lot of decisions and it's a life change. So jump on and get a 30-minute discovery call. I will link that into the show notes for this episode. Um, and let me know what you think about the three things we've talked about today. We talked about actually four things. We talked about Indigenous People Day. We talked about um, Coming Out Day, National Coming Out Day. We also talked about Hispanic Heritage Month. And then the fourth thing was um, the continued conversation about their great resignation, labor, um, well-being, and benefits. And also, you know, change, right? Transformational change. So I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. I'm interested in hearing your opinions. And I'm, wanting, I'm looking for people to have this conversation with. I want to continue the conversation about identity and race and how people identify, especially individuals from the Latinx, Hispanic, or Latino community, um, and then individuals who identify as Black, African, African-American. Um, having all said all that now, if this episode brought you value and it brought you some food for thoughts in your day, I encourage you to share it with a loved one or a friend who you think needs it the most. As always, it's always a pleasure to serve you some realness and some chit chat. Thank you so much for listening and I can't wait to the next one. All my love. Hey, chit chatter. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to share it with the world. We welcome everyone for listening. And if you'd like, please go on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Those reviews mean everything to me and they help the show grow, as well as for me to know what topics you want to hear from next. Be sure to go visit to coachingwithjoseandmiguel.com or Coaching for Millennials for more up-to-date content, newsletters, blogs, information about coaching for life and career. Thank you so much for being a part of our magical world and for being part of this program. I can't wait to the next episode.